Welcome to the Oceans Church Podcast. We pray that as you join us for this message, you are blessed, encouraged and empowered to bring the kingdom of heaven into your spheres of life. And it's so much fun. And if you are here for the first time, then you've come for an interesting Sunday. We're, we're kind of having a bit of a in-house, behind-the-scenes look at church. It's going to be a little bit of a different series, but this series is called our Legacy Series. I feel like legacy is a fun word to say. Everyone say legacy, like you're going to leave a legacy. And so we're going to do the journey in the next five weeks in the lead up to what we call our Heart for the House offering. We've got a heart for this house where everyone is invited to bring an offering over and above their regular tires to really help us to grow strong as a church so we can have a strong impact in our community. And so we're going to be having a bit of a lead up to that. We're going to be doing a little bit of shop talk, a bit of behind the scenes. So it's going to be a bit of fun tonight. But first of all, I wanted to start tonight by showing you this sugar holder. Now, this sugar holder is just incredible, isn't it? It's this beautiful piece of artwork. It is actually an heirloom. So I remember when I was about, when I was a kid, and we used to visit my great-grandmother's house in Middleton Beach in Albany, and I remember seeing this sugar holder placed beautifully on the tablecloth. Remember the days when we used to use tablecloths? Um, and I used to sit there, and my mum would visit her grandma. Um, her name was Mabel. How's that for a name, hey? Mabel. Bring back the Mabels, I reckon. Mabel Crane, and I used to sit there. I used to have cups of teas around, and this was passed down to my mum and I would sit around the table and have cups of tea with my mum we'd connect around cups of tea and then after my mum passed away I got to receive this sugar holder you know what some people inherit blocks of land but I inherited a bowl of sugar come on how good is that life is sweet very good flick love it so I'm very proud of this sugar holder <laughs> But you know, I've got something so much more valuable than a bottle of sugar. And I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for this. It does remind me of mine. It's really precious. But I've inherited such something of such greater substance from my great-grandma. She had a genuine, strong faith in Jesus. Her life is transformed. This is passed down to my mum and now passed down to me. This genuine faith in Jesus that has transformed my life. And it reminds me of a scripture that Paul wrote to a young pastor. And this is what he said. He said, I remember, I remember, all, I remember your genuine faith. For you share the same faith that first filled your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice. Let's bring back the Eunices. And your mother, Eunice. And now the same faith continues strong in you. You know, I'm grateful for the, for the greatest legacy that could ever be passed down, and that is the legacy of faith. Being passed down, generate, because... Faith is not just temporal, it is eternal. It doesn't matter how many blocks of land you might inherit, you know, I'll give away any block of land if it meant that I'm going to inherit something that will last forever, beyond the grave. And so the thing is, we've got to fan afresh our flame each generation because it goes on to say, Paul goes on to say in the next sentence, he says, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift that God gave you when I laid my hands on you. I've got to remind us, each generation, generation after generation, we've got to fan into flames a passion for Jesus. It doesn't happen by default. You know, in your campfire, when you leave it overnight and it's just those coals left, what do you got to do? You've got to put new water on, you got to get in there, fan the flames again. Each generation, we've got to fan the flames. You see, but we can fan our flames for all kinds of different passions. You know, for my kids, I've been fanning the flame around soccer. So last night, Perth Glory visited Albany. My son got to be out there shaking the Perth Glory, you know, players' hands. And he scored four goals at his soccer game the other day. And I'm fanning a flame around camping and, and other things. But I tell you what, I never want to fan a flame for anything else more than I'm fanning a flame for a spiritual inheritance and faith in Jesus. And so we have a choice each generation. What, fan, what flame are we fanning in our own life? What passions are we blowing in, giving focus to, giving attention to in our life. Can I encourage you? Hey, come on, let's fan the flames to healthy things like camping and like sports and healthy relationships and fun, but let's be intentional at fanning a flame for things that aren't just temporal, that are eternal. Come on. Can I hear an amen out there? Come on. So the question is, what legacy 
will you leave? What legacy will you leave? Not just to your maybe biological children, but what legacy will you leave in the lives of those that God entwines you with along your path? What legacy will you leave in your life? Because get this, we can't control the legacy we received. I didn't choose to inherit a bottle of sugar. But you know what? We can all choose what kind of legacy we're going to leave behind from now on. We can all have a choice from this moment on. And it's got to be done intentionally. Intentionally means by design. It's got to be done intentionally because when I tell you, there is a default legacy for you and the following generations. There's a default legacy that the following generations are right now inheriting. Peter talks about you've, you've inherited an empty life from your ancestors. There's an empty life out there. Culture has a, an inbuilt, ready-made, here's a legacy that I prepared earlier for you kind of legacy. The devil has a legacy that he, he wants to take this generation down to Chinatown. He's got all kinds of agendas. He's, he, his legacy is, hey, let's make wrong right, and let's make right wrong. Let's, let's twist things up. Let's leave people off the cliff. See, Jesus made it clear. The legacy that the devil wants to leave for your life, it's really clear. It says the legacy that the devil wants is for you to be killed. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And he'll, he'll be inventive in all kinds of creative ways that appear to be great. But at the end of the day, it's the fish hook that gets us in the end. But Jesus said, but I've come. I've come to give you a legacy that's going to give you life and life abundant. Life to the full. Life with no hangover. Life with no side effects. Life that's tasty in the end with no fish hook to be found at the end of it. You know, legacy is simply this, something that is passed on and has a long-lasting impact. And so God's invitation with us is, would you find, better than a blog, better than a house, would you find your home in me? Psalm 90 verse 1, it says, Lord, through all the generations, you have been our home. You have been our home. I don't know what kind of home you've grown up in. Know what kind of physical home you have right now. Maybe you don't have one. I'm building one. It's taking three years at the moment, you see. If we ever get one, maybe we don't. But you know what? I've got a home in God. It's going to last forever. Come on. I've got a home. I've got a place to belong in God. And so, so the question is, how does God pass on this legacy from generation to generation? If we're going to be intentional about the kind of legacy that we want to leave that has an eternal impact, how does, how does God make sure that this legacy is passed on from generation to generation. And can I just say one word? The, the answer is the church. The answer is the church. So the church isn't just a building. This is a great building we hire every week. But the church is the people. You are the church. Why do you say, I am the church? Come on. The church is simply a gathering of people gathered together around a common goal, common purpose. And you are the church. And and the church, if you're here for the first time, the church is going to sound a bit strange to you. But Jesus, when He died on the cross and rose from the dead, He went to the heaven and now He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's going to come back one day, which is going to be awesome. But Jesus is still working on earth. But how is He working on earth if He's in heaven? He's, well, He's working through the church. The church is His body on earth, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Jesus on the inside of us being our engine of love and a power that enables us to transform the world and lead people to Him. And we see this in Ephesians 3, 20 to 21. I love this scripture. It's just like packed with power and potential, far beyond the potential, the latent potential that we have in and of ourselves. But God invites us into the infinite possibilities. He says, Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us, Let's just all say us. Let's all say us one more time. Us. His power not just work within me or you, but us together. All glory to God through who is able, through His mighty power, work within us to accomplish a little bit more than we might hope to dare and ask or imagine. Just a little bit more. No, He says, through His mighty power, work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think, what we might dare to think. The power of God wants to accomplish in your life, in our life, infinitely more than we can ask or think. And get this, glory to Him in the church. 
Glory to Him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, through all generations, all generations, this generation, the generation to follow forever and ever and ever. Amen. Come on. So the church is Jesus' body on earth that He's passing down the legacy. The church is Jesus' living organism, bringing hope and the light to the world around us. This is how God is doing it, passing His legacy through generations. And this is why I love the church. This church isn't just a religious meeting that we do, that the Christians do on the Sunday, and that's what they do over there. And oh, yeah, yeah, we're the church. We're the church. It's like, now come on, we are the church. The living, resurrected power of Jesus in us, dropping power bombs all over the place to transform people's lives. And we're just going to have a tiny bit of a snippet, a bit of an insight, a bit of an under-the-bonnet look at a life change for one person, McKenna, in just a moment. She lives in Albany, but she's here with us tonight. Come on. Give us a wave, McKenna. Right, uh, wait. There we go. Thank you. You know, God's transformed McKenna's life recently. We're going to see her story. But before that, we're going to show another video just before that. And we saw, we saw 18 people baptized in Albany the other weekend. How awesome is that? Down the beach in the cold winter weather after seeing um, Lisa and Liv baptized a few weeks ago. We heard her story um, a little while ago. She's singing up here. And, and this is what it's all about. Jesus transforming lives for eternity. And so this is what the church is all about. And so we're going to pause. We're going to watch these. And can I just warn you, the further we're going into this, the more you're going to need new tissues. So it does come with a warning label. Even the Legacy Series promo made, made me cry the first time I saw it. Gee, damn, editing just amazing. All right. Why don't you keep on looking towards the screens? I've been doing a lot of wrong things all my life and after 10 years that me and my parents stopped going to church and a few weeks ago I just felt the urge to, to come to Ocean's Church Yeah. and now I'm basically feeling like a new person. I met new people, I feel more joy about myself and I'm so glad to be here. I'm getting baptised today because Jesus changed my life. Um, I was living, in my teen years, I was living a really bad life, living for the world, and I met God, and He changed my life, and I'm completely changed forever. So He's going to wipe my slate clean today under the water, and I'm so excited to see what's next in my chapter. Um, I'm getting baptised today because I believe that Jesus died for me, and I have faith that he's going to make my life better. I'm getting baptised because I want to follow Jesus. And so I can be in the presence of God. I want to get baptised today because I'm just ready to follow Jesus and give my life to him. I'm getting baptised because I want to wear the Jesus Guernsey and because I, I'm just ready to follow him for the rest of my life and I want to show people today that I am willing to do that. I want to be baptised today because I want to follow Jesus. I want to be baptised today because I want to follow Jesus and know that I'm a real supporter of him. I want to get baptised because I want to show the people that I'm, I, I want to serve God for the rest of my life. I want to get baptised to follow Jesus and learn more about him.
Hi, my name is McKenna and this is my testimony. I was born and grew up in America. When I was about eight or nine, my dad got called over here to Albany, Western Australia to run a church. I had to always go to church, you know, it was more of like a chore, not something I really wanted to do. In my early teens, I started to look for things like my purpose and love in other places. I met this guy and at the start I thought he was going to be good for me. He ended up getting me into the absolute wrong crowd. Um, I ended up getting into drugs and drinking. I would get high most nights. I lost my job and I was just the lowest that I could have been. I definitely thought that this relationship was the answer for what I had been looking for, for love, but it ended up just being like lonely and I was so young. I didn't know what love was like, so I just assumed that this was, this was what love was. The worse it got, like the more angry I got. Ultimately, I was just angry at God. My parents always said that God is good and God like protects us, but I was just so confused on why God was letting me go down this path and like if I was ever going to get out. And ultimately, I just felt empty deep down inside, but I kept covering it up and just going on with the way I was living. Emma, one of my former EA teachers, and Kylie, my former chaplain from school, they wanted me to come to church. They saw how lost I was, but I would go, but I just couldn't commit. I'd go, but then I just couldn't, and I was just living two different worlds. I started experiencing this, uh, the worst pain I've ever felt like in my life. So I got rushed to hospital and the next day they told me I needed to have surgery straight away. I had a cyst on my back. I went through with the surgery and they left the incision open and it was huge and it was so painful. I missed out on work and it wasn't healing and it ended up getting infected. Every day for over a month, I was they were either coming to me or I was going to the hospital and they were cleaning it and dressing it and packing it. And I ended up having this suction thing that I had this machine next to me that I had to go to work with. Everything I was doing was meant to make it better but it only got worse, it got infected and it was so painful and I was just still angry. I was like, oh, I'm missing out on more work. I can't provide for myself. But me and Lydia, my good friend to this day, I was still living for the world but I was like seeing something different in her. After I found out I needed another surgery, she was like, come on, just come to church again. I was like, oh. I don't know, I've been to church before, it's not gonna like do me any good but I was just so low so I was like yeah I'll go. I was still in pain, I could barely walk but Lydia picked me up and took me to church. As soon as I walked in there I just felt safe, like I felt like I was at home. At the end of the service there was like an altar call and Pastor Bev prayed for me and prayed for healing. I just felt this release like off my body, I was like oh like no more pain, I didn't feel pain on my back. So the next day I went back to the hospital for them to change my dressings and kind of talk about what was going to be next um, for this possible surgery that I was going to need. Um, and they kind of looked at it and the doctors, they were in shock. The doctor asked me, like, I'd been seeing him for like a month. He was like, what did you do? Like, what did, did you do something? <laughs> and I told him, I said, well, I went to church and got prayed for and God's healed me. He was like, yeah, there's no more infection. There was barely a wound there and I wouldn't need to come back again. So I kind of was just like, okay, God, you've shown up. Like, I've encountered you. I just kind of felt God speaking to me and saying, McKenna, like, this is it. You know, like I've got you, there's no more running. I just rededicated my life to God and was ready to start this journey with him. Looking back at my life, I can see like God didn't leave me, I'm the one who ran. We can feel like God is the one who's far away, but really it's us who are far away. So I decided um, that I would join the youth group team as a leader just to kind of show that my life is living proof that you're never too far away from God and whatever situation you're going through, you can get out of it. God has a plan and a purpose for your life and now I can minister to these young kids, these young girls that you don't need to be in these toxic relationships. Um, you need to find your love through God. That's been pretty amazing just watching my life do a 360 turn, you know, like, wait, no, not 360, 180. See, it means all the way around. 180 turn. <laughs> <laughs> Do not put that in. Last Sunday I decided to make a public declaration and be baptised and the best part was just watching these young girls from youth make that decision as well. 
that they were going to get baptized and staying in that water with them and praying over their lives and their future was just amazing. It just showed me that God really is doing work in my life. Like that I was sitting there praying for them, like in the water. Like a year ago, I would not have known that I'd be doing this now. It just shows that God has a plan and a purpose for everyone's life. So if there's anyone like out there feeling like they don't have a way out of the life that they're living, I guess this is me just here showing you that my life is proof that there is a way out. Come on. Whew. Anyone not crying? Okay, don't put your hand up because you might be the only one. It's just so, don't even want to look at you now. <laughs> But I just love it. I just love it. McKenna just exemplifies what Jesus is all about. He's just seeking people. You know Jesus' agenda for you? Just to let you know, okay? All cards on the table. Jesus' agenda, agenda for you is to be set free and healed and forgiven and to be with him forever. There you go. That's his agenda. Not to ruin your life. It's like, you know, the Lord of the Rings with, you know, Frodo with the ring. Gandalf is just not in my notes. He's like, like, actually, like, give, give me your ring. Give me the ring. He's like, no, my precious. He's like, you have no idea. Like, actually, trust me. I want good for you. I'm for you. You know, sometimes we're like, it's my life. I want this for me. You know what, God? His agenda is he wants to bring us life. He's good. And you can trust him. Other people might have broken your trust in the past, but God is so trustworthy. He's so good. And that's just for free for you. And so... You know, McKenna started a relationship with God. She opened her heart back up to God. Maybe there's people here tonight. At the end of the service, we're just going to say a prayer with you. Tonight, you want to say, all right, God, I invite you in. I want to start a relationship with you. We're going to say a prayer with you at the end. We'd love to invite you to join us to do that. Maybe you need to rededicate your life to Jesus and come back just like McKenna did as well. And just like for her, your life will never be the same. And you look back in a year and go, what? Wow. If God did it for her, she can do it for you. Come on, let's stand with Kenna one more time, sharing that. So good. So, you know, today we're getting a little bit practical, right? And in a few moments, in just a few moments, I'm going to invite up uh, Flick Evanson, who is a board member at Oceans Church. We, just so you know, we've got a church in Perth right here. This morning I was in Albany. At a, if you're a bit confused about the beach, we've got another campus in Albany, Oceans Albany. We kind of come between... The two, so Flick is on our board, and in a few moments, I'm going to invite Pastor Jaden up, who is him along with his wife are the campus pastors here. We're going to get a little bit practical about the vision and the future of this church as we go up to the heart of the house. But just to really get a little bit like sharing our heart with you, for for Jess and I, the senior pastors of uh, this church, both locations, just to bring us back to 2013. If some of you might not have even been born at that stage, maybe, but 2,000 years, 2,000 years ago, 2013. Um, Jess and I were sitting in McDonald's in Melbourne in a suburb called Ringwood. And we made a decision that in order for us to reach the McKennas of this world, sorry McKenna, you're just going to be thrown under the bus a lot today, but in order for us to reach the McKennas of the world, do you know the most impacting way that you can transform a community is by planting a church. But by putting a, a life-giving group of people that are there dedicated to bring heaven, bang, down to earth, to transform people's lives. Jesus' body on earth, changing one life at a time. And so we decided then, after a process, we want to spend the rest of our lives reaching people with the love of Jesus by planting churches. And that's the vision on our heart. And, and it aligns with the vision of the group, larger group of churches that we as Ocean's Church belong to. And we'll, I'll get to that in a second. But we want to, we want to start churches we want to have churches that impact and serve their community with, in, in two ways. One, the proclamation of the gospel. And two, the demonstration of the gospel. Gospel just means good news. You know what? We want to proclaim. We want to talk about Jesus. Some people think, just live quietly for Jesus and never say anything and you'll transform their lives. It's like, no, you won't. The Bible makes it very clear. Speak up. Be bold. I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it's the power to transform people's lives. Let's get vocal. Let's get loud. Let's be unashamed in our workplaces, in our schools, with our families. Wherever we are, we are strong and we are courageous. We're not hiding our light. We are proclaiming the truth of the gospel, of the good news of God. And we do this through life-giving, dynamic Sunday services by equipping you to go out into your world to reach people in your world. But also, we don't want us to just talk about it. People are like, you're all talk. 
and no walk, well, we want to walk out the talk. We want to actually demonstrate the reality of God's love by serving felt needs in people's lives in a way that they can tangibly feel and encounter the reality of God's love for them. But also we want to do it with a demonstration of not only God's love, but His power. You know what? When people encounter the power of God, like getting a massive wound infection healed in your back, you start to go, maybe God just stepped into my life. And so we believe, we're a Pentecostal church, we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to impact and and change people's lives. And so I'm actually reading this book talking about heirlooms. I got this given to me by my papa, by my grandfather. This book is called Blazing the Western Trails. It was written in 1935 and it's the story of William Kennedy. Everyone say William Kennedy. You just sound so powerful when you say that. And he, he's named, uh, Kennedy Baptist College is actually named after him. He was a pioneer of the faith. He was born in 1868 and he went around planting churches all around Western Australia. These outposts of heaven impacting and transforming and changing people's lives. And this really aligns with the heart that Jess and I have, that this church carries, that we don't want to just contain things here, but we want to see other communities other people impacted by the love of God as well. And just a quick quote about this man. Uh, most outstanding about this man, here's a quote, was his courage and his boldness. When others considered a task unreasonable or impossible, you know, there's an unreasonable, oh, that's a bit unreasonable. We shouldn't really be, I've reasoned my way through. I mean, it's good to be reasoned and, and practical, but this guy did what was unreasonable. Come on, I want to live an unreasonable life. Does anyone else want to live an unreasonable life? When others considered a task unreasonable or impossible, Kennedy would just go ahead and start it. Well, you can't, oh, you started it. (laughs) He spoke of the push policy. Hello. What is the push policy? I will find a way or make one. There you go. It's the push policy. Adopt that. When Kennedy set his mind to something, nothing could stop him. His passion and determination was infectious. Now get this, this is crazy. And this relates to us as a church and the lead up to a couple of weeks. If you think you're struggling, just put yourself at the beginning of the 1900s. When rather than clearing land with your lawnmower, they were clearing like logs and trees with a horse and something else behind it to fell trees in the axe. It says this, rural communities where farmers struggled to survive and many died. Are any of you working that hard that you're dying right now? Rural communities where farmers, someone's like, yes. <laughs> Rural communities where farmers struggled to survive and many died or walked off the land. He inspired everyone to enthusiastically contribute to church buildings with money, resources, or labor. Now, that was unreasonable. But you know what? Unreasonable people and unreasonable faith achieves unreasonable things. I don't want to achieve reasonable things. I want to achieve the impossible, the above and the beyond, all that we could ask or think that God has promised to us because He lives in us. And so we are a part of a group of churches called Australian Christian Churches, ACC. We're getting a little bit detailed here now. And just a while ago, a few months ago, I went over to our ACC National Conference where all the pastors and leaders gather annually in the Gold Coast just suffering for the Lord over there near the beach. It was fantastic. And so all the pastors and leaders gathered together. And can I say the power of God, thousands of pastors and leaders gathered from across the nation. And the power of God was moving. Jesus was lifted up. The Bible was preached. There was such unity there. And, and, and can I tell you, the leaders of our movement are phenomenal. They're men and women of great integrity, of power. We are in, we are in safe hands. I'm coming away from that conference going, we are a part of something great. We're not just this church floating out there on our own. We're a part of a phenomenal family. But the point I'm making is at that national conference, we were reminded about our legacy as a movement, that we are a church planting movement. You see, get this, the state of the church in Australia is that way more churches are closing down than have been opened up. So the t- statistic is this, only 2% of churches in Australia are reproducing other churches, only 2%. Imagine if 2% of couples got pregnant <laughs> and had kids. Only 2% of churches are replicating themselves. And so at ACC conference, we're given a mandate. Over the next 10 years, we're going to plant 500 churches across this nation. And as Western Australia, ACCWA, we adopted 50 of those churches. 
in proportion to population. About one every 20,000 is the ultimate aim. And, and you know what I thought? Coming back, I don't know if this is God or not, but I'm like, let's take five of them. Come on. Let's, let's aim to take five of those churches. Let, let's, let's give it, should we just give it a crack? Come on. I reckon we can give it a crack. And, and I reckon, I suspect that might actually be God. Because there's a bit of a to be continued dot, dot, dot after this in the coming season. And so, and we were given this mandate. You know, I thought, gee, what could we, could we achieve by 2050 when I'm going to be handing on the baton to someone that's 25 years? Just imagine the legacy that we together could leave behind. And you know, that's big and grand, but we just want to rewind back to right here, right now, because God can put something big in our heart. And so what we want to do is just establish, you know, you know your blue dot on Google Maps? You want to get somewhere, you've got to understand where you are first. So I'm going to just invite Pastor Jaden and Flick to come up. They're going to get their chairs. So why don't you give them a big round of applause as they come up. And they're going to give us a little bit of a behind the scenes, under the bonnet look as, at, as to where we're at in a church. And they're going to talk about some things that um, they're really gifted in. And so they're going to be sharing a few things just to give you some confidence and some understanding as to where we're at. So I'm going to hand it over to Pastor Jaden, give Pastor Jaden a round of applause. Your canvas pastor. Awesome, man! How inspiring is that? Hey, how inspiring is that? And uh, even that book, I find that really encouraging. And this whole series is going to lead to something big. It's not just about this year, this month, but it's actually about you know what shapes it the next ten years, the next twenty-five years. So, man, I'm pumped. And so, let's talk about where we are right now as a church, because to get somewhere, you need to know where you are. And so where we are as a church, and we've got Flick here, so I'm just going to ask you some questions, Flick. Um, oh, do we? That's hello, good. Hello. That's perfect. <laughs> um, so you're on the board, so tell us a bit about um, your role. You've been serving on the board for a few years, and so... Yeah, yeah sure. Tell yeah. us about it. Um, so I've been on the board since Everlife days, what, what? Um, and just wait, my, my role is so exciting. It's insurance and risk. Wow. Like, anyone interested in this kind of stuff? Economics, Jaden, I know you are. But um, I love it. I absolutely love it. It is my background. I am an insurance broker by day um, and a mum and everything else. <laughs> but um, in by night. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm just – I'm really passionate about it. And I, I think um, this whole thing where we are pulling it back and we're pulling behind the curtain and, you know, it's not – glamorous all the time but we as a church want to be in a position of strength we want to be talking about vision from a position of strength and stability and so um, that's my jam <laughs> and we I love assessing risk from people hazards to um, you know just making sure that we have a community that is safe for people for volunteers for our kids for our generations to come that is that is pretty much what I what I bring to it um, in a professional capacity. So, and we're lucky enough to have leaders as well and board members who are a hundred percent with the same mind frame. So, yeah. So awesome, and it's so great to have people that are not just you know good at it because mm -hmm. I mean I'm grateful for that. But the fact that you're actually a, a professional in that space, yeah. and um, and so we're really able to benefit off your experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So tell us about what is important about that to you. Yeah. So. I suppose, like, for me personally, um, like, I, I think, like I said, it's not as exciting as vision casting and um, mission statements, but it, it definitely forms a foundation for us. Like Shafe said, you know, we've got that blue dot, but what are we actually doing? How are we mapping it? How are we creating procedures and policies and all of those things that will get us there? And that encompasses everything from governance to finance to the way that we steward our money. So... I'm just going to talk really briefly about that, but um, this series is about legacy, and like Shafe said, like you can have a legacy, but what what it means to pass it down so that it lasts is that you actually are crafting legacy. We're not crafting comfort. If you're here and you're just like, we're, we're going to craft a comfortable little church on the corner, that is not who we are. That is not our vision. That is not what we want. Um, but we want to actually build a place, you know. Jake, my husband, and I have been asking the question recently, like, what do we want our church to look like? And it's not up to us sitting up here. It's not up to, you know, the people, the, the, those people, those elusive people. It's up to you. It's up to the person sitting next to you. It's what are you going to do? How are you going to bring it? What do you want out of your church? What do you want your church to look like, right? 
the Bible says that we are one body collectively working together. The key word there, working together. You're not just here pew warming. <laughs> so that's really what is passion. I'm passionate about that. But what does that mean? You know, it's, it's that people find real belonging in a safe and spiritual home, in community. People like McKenna. People like my unborn child, you know. Like, I'm, I'm that, oh, seriously, I cried so much in those things, shame. <laughs> Especially when Leanna and Oscar got baptised. But I'm thinking ahead. I'm like, I want my kid. I want my kids, Harry upstairs and my unborn child. I'm going to cry. But I want them to grow up in a place where they feel that they belong, that they, ha- they want to be baptised. They know that there is a purpose outworked in the local church that is so much more than their short time here on earth. Who else doesn't want that for their future generations, right? And so that's really, but we need to launch from a place of stability, a place of strength, a a place of sustainability. So yeah, policies and procedures and finances, it underpins all of that. So Sorry, that was a a long answer. No, that's great because it makes it real. I think we can all look at our future and we're like, what do we want to come from? from our lives and I think there's something so powerful when we join that to what God's plan is for the city of Perth, for the city of Albany, for WA and uh, and actually God has the same heart. He wants us to yeah. leave yeah. something even greater. So I think we can all relate to that. Mm. That's awesome. So why don't we get into the details? Tell yes. us about the money. Yes, cool. Awesome. <laughs> Do we have a slide, Jake? Yeah, awesome. So just a couple of, um, a couple of stats or trends that I want to throw out to you guys. Um, so, I am astounded, like every board meeting or when we look over the financials of Perth, particularly, I look around and I'm like, how, it's God, but like how do we as a church like bring such an amazing spirit of generosity? Like honestly, I'm astounded by it. And so, Dan was saying like, like Jesus um, gave it out of love, we also, like it's it's written here, these are the numbers. So, I'm just going to go through it. So tithing trends are on a steady incline. So we're averaging about 13 and a half grand per month for Perth. Um, the Heart for the House collection, we are up eight grand over budget. So we're at 30 grand. We budgeted, I think, 22 or thereabouts. And that just goes to show that you guys believe in this church. Like everything that we're talking about, that this is the vehicle that God is using. Um, our expenses are 12k under budget, so well done, team. That's another great win for us. And then we've got a net profit of 41,000 year to date, just for Perth, which is amazing. Um, and our cash position, we've got over 111,000 in savings at the moment to this date. Yeah, guys, that's something worth celebrating because. Like, we have survived COVID, we have gone through, I feel like, three relaunches, like, it's just amazing that we have been able to, this is what I'm talking about, this, the strength of stability, so, yeah, this is some exciting stuff um, that we wanted to sow into, and also, just in relation to that, also year to date, we have had a 55% growth in numbers of people, so we went from 42, uh, 47 people to 72 adults that call Ocean's Home in Perth, in the last 10 months. Like, yeah, come on. Yeah, it's so good. So, like, God is moving. God is moving. And we are, although we're forecasting for the future and looking to the future, he, right here and now, we have 100% faith in God that this is just going to continue. These are the trends. He is behind this. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like Vic said, it has been a, like, we should not be here as a church. Let's be real. We've been through a leadership change, a global pandemic, and, uh, and a church merger while only being a junior church ourselves. And so we got absolutely, uh, you know, dumped by the wave. Um, but doesn't that just tell you that actually God has a plan for this yeah. church? Amen. God has a plan for you in this church. And if none of those things can stop that, um, then God, you know, not only did they not stop it, that we actually come out with massive surpluses and big growth and really healthy church. I think that's just so powerful. So you can be confident that God is doing something through you at Ocean's Church. And I just want to share a little bit about some of the challenges uh, that we face. And obviously, being a church plant, one of the biggest challenges we face is actually not having our own building. 
and not only that, this facility is phenomenal. It's great. Um, we actually set up and pack down every week, if you didn't know, every single thing in this room, in that room, in the kids' room, uh, in the parents' room gets packed down every week by an amazing team of volunteers that have the vision on legacy. Um, and so that's incredible. But this is costing us a lot. Uh, this building is quite expensive. Um, and so we've got our eyes on, you know, trying to find a permanent building. We've had our eyes on that for a long time. And the rent has increased in this building to the point where it's actually feasible for us to begin to look out to see what we can find for a similar price. Um, this building, Telethon have been very generous. We actually were uh, budgeting a shortfall, a deficit, because we wanted to stay in this place, but they've lowered their price so that we can break Woo-hoo. even. So let's honour them. That's awesome. amazing. Um, and it is such an incredible facility, but it is, it's deservingly expensive. Um, and so that is a big challenge. Another big thing um, is all of the different events we run during the week. So we don't just use this for Sunday, but we need a space for multiply which is one of our um you know discipleship groups during the week we have uh something called team day and academy where volunteers come and they give time to serve you and so that runs on a friday and as of july we don't have a space for that uh and so there's all these challenges we run alpha as well we run youth we run uh, focus groups and we want to run more in the future as well so that is definitely on our radar and so the biggest challenge is Uh, a building and we just want a community Uh, we want a place that we can be in a community so while we're renting this place it's hard to be established in the city of Wembley until you put your stake in the ground and get a building and so we want to actually get sewn into the community where we can reach and bless the community show them the love of God and so that's another reason why we just want to get into a permanent building um, as soon as possible and, uh, and so as Flick said, we've got some awesome highlights. So they're the challenges. The highlights are we've got $110,000 in the bank, $111,000 in the bank, which is well above what we thought we we're going to have at this time. Um, so props, first of all, to God. Like that's, that's actually God's miraculous su- uh, provision to, to give that to us. But also the obedience as a church is amazing. So thank you, guys. You guys are awesome. Um, but yeah, we, we have that in the bank and our heart for the house has increased to almost $30,000, which is incredible. Um, so what we want to do, what we realized is we can fit out a building roughly between the price of one hundred dollars and $300,000. So that's what it's going to ca- cost to fit out a building. We've got $110,000 in the bank. So we are, we've got our foot in the door. So who's excited? We're, we're ready. As well as that. The ongoing cost of a building is about what we're currently paying. So we've proven that we can actually afford a lease on a building. So we are just waiting for the right building to come along. And uh, we don't just want any building. Uh, We don't just want to find something really quick. But we actually want what God has. And so what you can do in helping, um, helping us with that is, you know, continue to give. But really pray. I really believe that this building is going to come from a miracle. Just because we have our foot in the door, it doesn't mean we're going to get, the, you know, the bare minimum. I really believe God has something that he wants to establish in Ocean's wow. Perth. As wow. Shafe said, we're going to be a church. There's, let me tell you, there's like five, six, seven churches in this room right now that are going to be planted out. Um, and so we really believe that. And we want Perth, Ocean's Perth, to be a hub that sees you know, all these different church plants go off into WA. And, uh, and so that's why it's so important. We don't just have our eyes on Ocean's Perth and getting Ocean's Perth comfortable, but we want to get a building as quick as possible, the right building where we can establish ourselves to see God reach WA through Ocean's Perth. So, Like a disciple yeah. factory, like just pumping that's it, it out. <laughs> and so, sorry, I might be going over time, but one last thing is just our heart for the house as well this year. Um, when we collect our heart for the house above our normal tithes and offerings, that generally goes towards buildings. And it still will this year, um, but we wanted to include something else in it. Because we have a heart for church planting, we want to see WA reached, we have made the decisions, uh, decision to put 5% of whatever is gathered in Heart for the House and give that to HarvestNet, which is a church planting network. So you will actually directly be planting churches uh, by giving to Heart for the House. There's churches that are being um, planted like literally in April, May, um, that are a part of HarvestNet. And so, you know, that's something really powerful. They won't bear the name of oceans, but we're releasing them to do what God has called them to do. And so uh, Heart for the House this year, get excited for that. That's going to be cool. Yeah. Let's give these guys a big round of applause. Awesome. So good.
So great. Can I just put up a scripture here? John chapter 15, verse 6. This is what Jesus says. You know, like Jaden said, we are not just about Ocean's Church. We don't want to build an empire for ourselves. We just want to lift up the name of Jesus wherever his name can be lifted up. And I love this scripture. It says, when you produce much fruit, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples, and this brings glory to my Father. You know what? God isn't just after just a slice of fruit, a little bit of fruit, a piece of fruit, but he wants us to bear much fruit and bring glory to him. Again, we, we want to attempt the unreasonable so we can know. People can look at us and go, wow, that had to be God. Come on. Awesome. I just want to finish just with a few thoughts. Um, and this is what I want to share with us just before uh, we go tonight. And this is from Mark chapter 4, verse 30. You know, we've been talking about a, a big dream and, and, and a big aim for the next 25 odd years and in this next season. But some of you here tonight, you're like, I just got invited to church. <laughs> I just came here tonight just to see what church was all about. You know, let this relate to your life as well. Maybe let this, what I'm about to share, relate to a dream or a desire that God has put in your heart. And this is what Jesus said. He said, how can I describe the kingdom of God? How can I describe what God is doing in your life? How can I describe what God is doing through Ocean's Church? And so what story should I use to illustrate it? He said, it's like a mustard seed. It's like a mustard seed, a tiny seed, planted in the ground. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of all of the garden plants. It grows long branches and birds can make nests in its shade. In other words, this tiny, tiny seed, it barely registers on the radar. When you plant that in the ground, you're like, something happened. And then over time, it grows into being the largest plant where its branches stretch out, bring shade in the garden, uh, birds can nest in its trees and it's a legacy that tree lasts for generations and so it starts with a seed and so why do we mention that well in the lead up to help of the house last year the invitation was to bring your stone to help to rebuild the walls you know what the world was just rebuilding hey we we're in rebuild phase as the church and the world and everyone was invited bring your stone no matter how big or small it is just bring a little bit of stone we had this place packed, almost every single person, including kids, bringing their stone. Whether it was a dollar, whether it was 50000 whatever it was, people in Albany and in Perth bringing a stone. But you know what? The walls are rebuilt. We had a strong position. And now the invitation is let's sow a seed. Let's sow a seed because this is just the beginning of what God wants to do. And it can look tiny, it can look insignificant, but God wants to do something great as we... Sow a seed to build a legacy that lasts for eternity. And so that is the invitation for us to pray about God. What do you want me to sow in the coming weeks at the moment? So why don't we all stand together? And I'd just love to lead us just through a prayer in this moment. You know, when I bring it right back to the series that we're in, and the question at the beginning I asked was, what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? You know, I don't know what kind of legacy. Oh, can I please have that? Sorry. Sorry. Thank you so much, Cameron. <laughs> Thank you. I need to read this. You know, when considering what kind of legacy we want to leave behind, maybe you've inherited a legacy of brokenness in your life. Um, maybe there's actually choices that you've inherited because of the choices you previously made. You find that you've given yourself a bit of a legacy. Maybe other people have made choices that have had an impact on your life that have been out of your control and you're like, ah, I can't control the past, but you know what? Today I can make a choice as to what kind of legacy I'm going to leave behind. And so Philippians chapter 3 verse 13 says this, and the, the author of this, of this section of the Bible was a man called Paul, and Paul went around persecuting Christians. In his former life, he went around murdering Christians Christians bringing brokenness into families, disrupting and destroying families and kids and generations. He was an evil man. He left an evil legacy of destruction. But when he encountered Jesus on that road to Damascus, everything changed and then he had the opportunity to begin a new legacy. And this is what he wrote. He said, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past. Everyone say, forgetting the past forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead 
I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize, the heavenly eternal legacy, the prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. You know, whether, whether you've inherited a, a legacy of brokenness or not, we each have a choice as to what legacy we can build on right now. And maybe you're here and you're single and you're considering, like I did when I was 18 years old. I remember getting on my knees at the back of my house and getting on my knees in Albany before moving to Perth saying, God, I want to build my life on the rock because I want to build a legacy that is not just temporal, but that is eternal. And so tonight I want to encourage you, whether you're single, newly married, you've got young kids, maybe you're um, a little bit older and you're looking back at your life and like Paul, you're thinking, gee, I've just left a legacy of destruction. Well, do you know what? God's promise, He's got His new mercy. His mercy is new every morning. There's a fresh start every day with Jesus. And right now, I believe that right now is like a seed moment. But God wants to give you an opportunity in the, in the, in the depths of your heart, in the quietness of your heart to go, God, tonight I choose that I want to prioritize things that are of eternal worth over those things that are of temporal value. So why don't you just close your eyes right now? And as I pray, why don't you just agree with me? Lord Jesus, tonight, Lord God, we make the choice in our heart, God. Lord, we turn, Lord God, from building things that are temporal, Lord, but we want to now build things that are of eternal significance, Lord. And so, Lord God, those that have inherited brokenness, Lord, those that have inherited shame, those that have inherited, Lord Jesus, a life, Lord God, of the enemy wanting to steal, kill, and destroy. Lord Jesus, right now we say it ends tonight in Jesus' name. And Lord God, we decide to turn, Lord God, and we look to you. We lift our eyes to you, Lord. We receive your grace. We receive your power, Lord God. We receive an infilling of the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord God, that enables us to build a legacy that will last, Lord God. Lord, over our kids, Lord God, over those lives in our workplaces, in our schools, in our families, Lord, the generations that follow behind us tonight, I prophesy is a night where everything changed, entire histories will change, entire generations are being changed in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Oceans Church podcast. For more information, visit oceans.church.